and welcome to this podcast episode where today I will be discussing different light and sound wave behaviors. Have you ever wondered why sound echoes or why the sound of a siren seems to get lower in pitch as it rides away from you? Well, stay tuned to find out. First, let's talk about what sound is to begin with. To summarize, sound is essentially just some type of disturbance in the molecules of some medium that causes a vibration. This sound comes in the form of a mechanical wave, and this wave then travels through a medium, as I said. This medium can be anything, really, a solid, liquid, or gas. When this wave passes through something, the process of something called transmission occurs. Unlike sound waves, electromagnetic waves, which include light waves, do not need a medium to be transmitted. However, light does act pretty similarly to sound in that many of sound's wave behaviors are also shared by light waves. However, today we're going to focus more specifically on sound. So what happens once this wave is made and travels through a medium? Well, a variety of different things can occur. The first wave behavior I'd like to examine more in depth is reflection. You've probably heard this term many times before, whether discussing science or just having an everyday conversation, but let's look at what reflection of sound waves is really all about. Logically, reflection of a sound wave occurs when sound bounces off of a surface and retreats back in a new direction. This often occurs when sound comes into contact with hard surfaces, like concrete walls, for example. When a sound wave comes into contact with a smooth concrete wall, much of that sound wave is reflected, while only some of it is absorbed by the wall. What does not get absorbed by the surface that the wave comes into contact with is then reflected. In rooms where there is, say, a lot of soft furniture, cushions, pillows, or other soft objects, a sound portion, no pun intended, of the wave gets absorbed instead of reflected. In fact, I'm currently sitting under a blanket on my bed in order to achieve the best possible sound quality for this podcast. That's why many concert halls and auditoriums avoid the use of hard, smooth materials to be used as walls and surrounding room features. So, the reason why you may hear a lot of echo in a hallway or a blank room with hard walls is because of reflection. Additionally, the less obstacles, like people, for example, that are in the way of a sound wave, the more that sound wave is likely to bounce off the walls and create a ringing noise or reverberation that can either sound really cool or really loud and obnoxious. Depends on the type of sound wave that hits it, I suppose. Moving on, let's talk about diffraction. Diffraction occurs when a sound wave bends around an obstacle or it spreads out across small openings. Interestingly, sound waves with longer wavelengths and thus lower frequencies tend to diffract more than waves with shorter wavelengths and higher frequencies. This is because longer wavelengths are, well, longer and thus have more opportunity to be bent. Essentially, diffraction occurs when waves change directions as they pass through an opening or barrier that stands in their path. An example of diffraction is the diffraction of sound waves around corners in rooms. When sound diffracts around corners or through door openings, we are able to hear others who are speaking to us from adjacent rooms, or maybe they're not speaking to us at all. If it weren't for diffraction, it would be a lot harder to hear noises that were not coming from sources directly facing us. In other words, diffraction is your friend when it comes to eavesdropping. The next wave behavior worth noting is something called scattering. Scattering occurs when sounds bounce off an object in a variety of directions. Scattering is sort of like reflection, if reflection had run amok and chaotically reflected in all directions. I guess it's not as crazy as that, but it still rings true 
that scattering involves the spreading and scattering of sound waves. Like diffraction, scattering is also affected by wavelength and frequency of sounds. However, with scattering, the higher the frequency and thus shorter the wavelength of a wave, the more likely it is to scatter and vice versa. Now let's move to another noteworthy wave behavior. This one is called refraction, not to be confused with reflection. Have you ever stuck a pencil in a glass of water and noticed how the pencil looks like it bends? Well, this is because of refraction, though in this case it would be refraction of light. Refraction, like reflection, involves a change in the direction of waves as they pass through one type of medium into another. This probably sounds a little bit similar to other types of wave behaviors mentioned, so let me explain this further. Refraction is accompanied by a change in speed of the sound wave. So when the medium through which a wave is changed, the speed of that wave changes as well. Hence, when you stick a pencil in a glass of water, the light of the pencil is passing through two media, air and water, and as a result, the speed of the light wavelengths are different. Water actually slows down the light wave, so that's why part of the pencil that is in water appears to be at a different angle than the part of the pencil that remains surrounded by air molecules. So how does this fit into sound? Well, similar things occur with sound waves. As I said before, sound waves and light waves tend to follow similar rules despite their differences. They're kind of like cousins, I guess you could say. So sound waves that are refracted also undergo a change in speed. Like our pencil example, sound waves are known to refract when traveling through water. However, unlike light, which travels slower in water than air, sound waves actually travel much faster in water than air. This is because water is a liquid, not a gas, and thus its particles are packed more densely together. Because of this, the energy of the sound waves moves faster. According to a website called thephysicsclassroom.com, where I've learned a lot about physics of sound, even though the sound wave is not exactly changing media when it's just going through water, it's traveling through a medium with varying properties, thus the wave will encounter refraction and change direction. Since water has a moderating effect upon the temperature of air, the air directly above water tends to be cooler than the air far above the water. Sound waves travel slower in cooler air than they do in warmer air. So, refraction then leads us into what is called dispersion. Dispersion is closely related to refraction. Dispersion occurs where waves, whether they be sound or light waves, are bent from a surface and are separated into various frequencies that make up those waves. A famous example of dispersion of light comes from a particularly famous rock album from the 70s. Maybe you can guess what this is. If not, I'll just tell you. The album I'm referring to is The Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd, one of the most iconic rock albums of all time, in my opinion. The album cover, which is also quite famous, shows a prime example of light dispersion. White light enters a prism from the left and is then dispersed into all of its different frequencies that make it up on the other side of the prism. In one picture, this essentially sums up dispersion. Now, if we talk about dispersion in relation to sound, it's pretty similar. Sound waves bend as a result of different obstacles and thus different media, causing the sound waves to separate into their various frequencies. Finally, let's talk about something called the Doppler effect. The Doppler effect is the name given to that phenomenon where the source of a continuous sound is moving with respect to an observer, and that sound appears to change in pitch. So a classic example would be a car that is driving past you and continuously honking its horn, or an emergency vehicle that is blaring its siren. When the Doppler effect is occurring, there is an apparent shift in the frequency of the sound that is heard. 
As the sound source moves closer to the recipient, the sound seems higher in pitch. On that same wavelength, ha, see what I did there? When a sound source is moving away from a recipient, the sound seems lower in pitch. Well, this is because the distance between the sound source and the recipient is changing. Because the source of sound only produces the one sound wave with an unchanging frequency, the distance over which the sound travels to reach the recipient is different. So because of this, the same number of waves must fit into that space between the source and the observer. If a sound is moving towards you, it has less space for its waves to fit, and thus creates an apparently higher sound, whereas when a sound is moving away from you, it has more space for its waves to fit and creates an apparently lower sound. It's important to remember that the source of sound actually always emits the same frequency, so I guess you could say that the Doppler effect is sort of an illusion. It's pretty fascinating stuff. If you're interested in learning more about wave behaviors and related topics, I recommend visiting Britannica's webpage all about waves and physics, also NASA's website on wave behaviors, and as I mentioned earlier, the physics classroom website for more information on these topics. I used each of these websites to learn more about wave behaviors and physics of sound, and in fact, they helped me make this podcast possible. So if you're interested, definitely check those out. Thanks for tuning in today, and be sure to never stop asking questions.